Hey, welcome home to Cassidy. My name is Stephen Mitchell, and it is a great joy to be here with you. I am excited uh, about what God is doing and what God continues to do. So uh, thank you for joining us. If you're new here, I just wanted to say a very special welcome to you. We're excited that you have chosen to spend some of your time with us. And, and in us, we recognize that you're going to find a group of folks that are, are pretty self-aware. We understand that we're not perfect, but we know the one who is, and that's Jesus Christ. And so we want to invite you to join Join with us on a journey of becoming more like Christ and developing relationships uh, with one another and deepening our relationship with God so that we can be more like Christ each and every day. So you're invited to partner with us, to join with us and, and grow in, in this relationship. And uh, we're going to do that this week. We're starting a brand new sermon series. And uh, really the, the key behind this is, um, is my, the way that I grew up. I mean, I, I grew up outside the church and when I became Christian, I really struggled with prayer. It was, it was hard for me because I would watch other people and I would hear them pray and I would think only to myself uh, how horrible my prayers sounded in comparison to others. And so I struggled with prayer. And maybe, maybe you've had that experience too where you have struggled with prayer. It's interesting for me now as a pastor because some people see me as a professional prayer. That's what I do for a living. I just come to wherever I am and I pray for whatever's going on. And, and, and it's interesting to me because uh, that's not exactly what any of this is supposed to look like. Jesus calls us into a relationship so that we can be open with our prayer life, so that we can pray for one another, so that we can pray uh, to our Father in heaven. Uh, and we don't need a professional prayer to come and pray for us. Instead, we get to do this. I have a buddy who is a pastor in Springfield. And, and the way that he gets around this is that he invites you to lunch or you go to his house for dinner, whatever it is. And he says, hey, will you pray for us? Thanks. He doesn't wait for you to respond. Uh, and then you're sitting there and you feel really, really dumb if you don't pray. So uh, maybe that's coming for anybody that comes to lunch with me. I don't know. Uh, but that's just one of those things because I know I've asked people uh, to pray when we've done events or I've, I've uh, invited somebody to pray in a small group and suddenly you hear excuses and it's things like, oh, I, I don't know what to say. Or, oh, I, I don't know the words to say. I, I, I don't want to look dumb. I don't know that I could say the right things. And, and so we want to address that and maybe dive a little bit deeper into this idea of prayer. And we're going to do that by taking a look at the Lord's Prayer in our new sermon series, Amen. We're going to start by taking a look at uh, God's understanding and what God teaches us through the Lord's Prayer. And the first piece of that is the, the call for God's kingdom, that we want to live into and allow transformation while being invested and involved in God's kingdom. We're going to talk about forgiveness because that's a key component to the Lord's Prayer. We forgive as we, uh, we are forgiven as we forgive. We're going to talk about deliver us and, and what that looks like to be delivered and, and how and why we need that. And, and finally, we're going to look at amen and after amen. What happens after we say amen? What, is, what does our life look like once we have worked through this prayer that Jesus taught us to pray? And so I want to invite you uh, on this journey for the next four weeks uh, to go with us and, and to, to, to deepen our understanding 
but also to lean into this idea of, of a people who are called by Jesus to be a praying people, a people who are called by Jesus to make a difference through prayer and through prayer to be changed from the inside out. And, and maybe many of you are sitting there and you're, you're wondering, well, okay, well, how do I pray? What does it look like for, for me to pray? Uh, and, and, and what does that really mean for each and every one of us that, that call Christ Lord and Master? What, what does it look like for us to pray? Because again, we don't want to look dumb or we don't want to look wrong or we don't want to look silly. So we're going to deep dive into the Lord's Prayer and recognize what it is that Jesus is calling us to and how we can have a fruitful prayer life that, that makes a difference to us and to those around us. And so we're going we're gonna to take a look at, at, at that, and it's going to start off in the Gospel of Matthew. Matthew was a tax collector at the time of Jesus' uh, earthly ministry, and one day Jesus walked up to him and said, hey, Matthew, son of Levi, follow me. And so uh, he's known as Matthew or Levi, and, and he just turned away from his, his brokenness and the job that he had and left everything and, and started to follow Jesus. And that's the hope that, that uh, we all have, is that when God calls us, that we will respond in that way. But what it does is in this, this set of stories that Matthew writes, is he's got some, some insight uh, one first-person perspective into some of the things that go on in the ministry of Jesus. And so the disciples had gotten together, and, and, and you know Jesus is preaching and teaching and doing all of the ministry things that he's doing, the miracles uh, that, that are happening. And so they, they go up to Jesus and they, they ask him, hey, can you tell us how we should pray? You know, what, what does it look like for us to pray? And so Jesus takes some time to explain beforehand, before he jumps into the prayer, uh, what prayer should not look like. He starts it this way. He says, be careful. And again, we're talking specifically about prayer here. Be careful not to practice your righteousness in front of others to be seen by them. If you do, you will have no reward from your Father in heaven. What, what, what Jesus is saying here is, hey, if you're going into prayer and you're concerned about what other people are thinking, you're, you're doing it wrong. If you're going into prayer and the only goal is to make other people take notice of you, you're doing it wrong. If you're going into prayer for anything other than an intimate conversation with God, then you are doing it wrong. And, and what, why, why, do you think, uh, why do you think Jesus was uh, starting in that place? Is because prayer at the time of Jesus was not what we think of today. So when we get together, we think of, uh, you know, Jesus said, go into your, into your closet and pray, or, or you don't pray so that other people take notice of you, so it's private prayer. Um, and, and at the time of Jesus, and even today in modern Israel, you'll see uh, something totally different from that. Uh, you see uh, men that gather together and, and they're uh, wearing specific things uh, and they're praying a specific way. They're praying the Amida uh, and they wear these things called tefillin or phylacteries. Uh, phylactery is really just a Greek term that says amulet because the Greeks would look at the Jews and say, what is that on your head uh, or on your arm? And they would say, it's Tefillin. And they said, no, it's, it's an amulet. So we're going to just call it amulet. So uh, 
most of the people that, that practice the Jewish faith, are, they understand that it's Teflon and they don't call it phylacteries. But if you look online and you type in phylacteries, uh, it will show all of the pictures of, of Teflon because that's, anyway, uh, history lesson. You didn't, you didn't know that was coming, but here, there it is. Uh, so what they do is they get together at specific times, and they pray 18 petitions to God, and they wrap their arm with, this, uh, with a leather strap so that they can uh, be reminded. They wear the yarmulke so they know that God is over them. They wear the, the, uh, the teflon on their forehead and, and on their arms so that when they're in prayer, they remember uh, they're, they're actually being obedient because what God says is, write these laws on your heart and, and on your, in your mind. Mind. And so they're, they're putting them as close as they can. What you can't see is on the inside of this, they take and they put scripture. And it's not like, you know, four small lines of scripture. Sometimes it's an entire book in a single strip that they have rolled up to place in the Teflon so that uh, the word of God is as close as it can be to their minds and as close as it can be to their hearts. And, 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 and that's the idea. And they would they stand there. And if you've ever seen uh, the Jews at the, the Western Wall or the Wailing Wall or the, uh, in, in Jerusalem, they, they pray by moving back. and Actually, they think we're very funny because when we get together to pray, we're like, oh, Lord, please be present. And they're doing everything they can. They throw their bodies into it. They move back and forth because they are in prayer. And, and so what Jesus is saying is, hey, if, if you're thinking that prayer is this show where you wear the stuff and you gather together with your, your, your buddies and, and you know, it's all about what you're wearing or what, what if you've got the right scripture verse in your Teflon or, or whatever it is that you're doing, then, then you're doing that for the glory of yourself. You're doing that so that other people notice you and that's all you're going to get from it. It's not going to be so that you have a relationship with God. It's going to be so that you are seen as important or proper by others, that your righteousness is what you are exhibiting, not how you're living. And that's what Jesus is railing against to start off. He's like, hey, prayer shouldn't be like that. It's not a show. It's a conversation between you and God. And so the disciples really want to know, because here's the deal, Jesus prays and then does miraculous things. And so the disciples are like, well, shoot, obviously he knows what to say. He knows how to pray because if he prays and God moves, then, then he's doing it right. So Jesus, teach us how to pray. Show us what we should say. If we shouldn't make it a showy thing, what should it look like? How should we pray? And so we see it this way uh, in Matthew's gospel. Jesus responds, this then is how you should pray. Our Father in heaven, hallowed be thy name. And we hear this and we're like, yeah, that's exactly right. Our Father in heaven, because we've heard it for years and years this way. But when Jesus said this, when he takes God and moves him from distant and holy God to somebody as close as a father, 
It changes everything because that's, that's exactly what Jesus is after. Jesus is saying, hey, here's what I want from you. I want you to understand that God wants to be in a relationship with you. God is like a loving father who is sitting down and, and you approach him and he wants to take you up onto his knee and wrap you in a bear hug and say, oh, my son, my daughter, tell me about your day today. What did you do? How did you see the world? What experiences did you have? Oh, is there anything that I can do to comfort you? What does it look like? And, and that's what Jesus is saying. When we say our Father who art in heaven, that takes God from this distant, uh, all-knowing, all-understanding God and, and places him in a close, intimate relationship, close as a father, uh, a perfect father. Maybe your relationship with your dad wasn't so great. Jesus is not saying that, that that's going to be the same type of thing, that this is the perfect Father, that, that God wants to know and wants to spend time and wants every moment to be something that he can spend with you. And so that's what Jesus is inviting his disciples to understand first and foremost, that God is as close as a father. And then he says, uh, hallowed be thy name, right? Holy is your name. And, and we, can, we can hear that and we're like, yeah, God's name is holy. But what does is, what is holy really mean? Holy is simply to be set apart, that we're set up, that, that God is set apart. He's distinct and different. If we have uh, something that is meant for worship, uh, you know, you've, you've heard in the Catholic Church, holy water. It's water that is set apart for a specific purpose. I, I've explained it to high school students this way. In my kitchen, I have one utensil that is definitely set apart. I, I only use it for the purpose it was created for. It's a pizza cutter. I only use it for a pizza cutter. There, I don't cut pie with it because it's not made to cut pie. I don't cut anything but pizza with it because that's what its purpose is. It's set apart for cutting pizza. And that's what we're recognizing with God is God is, is set apart. So when we say he's close as a father, but he's also... He is also the holy God that set up and, and created the heavens and the earth. And so when we recognize that we have access, intimate access to God, then it's not about a show, it's about a conversation. And we recognize that this is the God of all creation and we can lean into that relationship so that we can understand who God is. And, and, and when, we, when we seek God, we are seeking the, the one that created everything, but that loves us so much that, that he calls us child, precious child. And so that's how Jesus begins the Lord's Prayer, is this picture of an intimate conversation, not a show, not putting on all of the right equipment and, and going through the motions, but intimately seeking God in that moment of prayer, intimately seeking a Father who loves you, who can make a difference in all things because He created all things. And Jesus continues, uh, when, we, when we think about this, uh, actually, um, one of the things that we can take note of is that it's not about a show. Jesus says it this way, let your light shine before men, that they may see your good deeds, your good works, and glorify your Father, which is in heaven. Not your amazing prayers. It's not about being awesome at being able to say all of the right things at all of the right time. Instead, it's not a show. It, it, it is that intimate 
conversation. It's, it's not about that. And, and so Jesus doesn't say, hey, people are going to know you are my disciple because you pray amazing prayers. No, Jesus says people are going to know you're my disciple because of your love. People are going to know you're my disciple because of the way that you love the people around you. You love the people inside the church. You love the people outside the church. That is what becomes your, your statement of whose you are, and not because you can pray some amazing prayer. And so Jesus wants us to recognize that it's not about the show. It's not about having all the right words. It's about having a conversation. So if anybody invites you to, to pray, just say what's on your heart because prayer initiates with the presence of the Holy Spirit within you, that God prompts you to, to open up your heart and, and just speak to your Father in heaven. God, thank you for this day. You know, God, God is excited to hear you, uh, hear from you, and, and wants to be in that conversation. And so Jesus continues so that we can take it to the next step. And Jesus says this, your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. And we say this when we say the Lord's Prayer, we just run through this and we don't really understand the depth of what is being said here. When, when Jesus says, your kingdom come, God's kingdom come to earth, God's kingdom initiated in the person of Jesus come into the world to bring transformation. God wants to bring transformation into the world, and that's what happens through his kingdom. So saying that, your kingdom come, your will be done, is a statement of expectation. That God's kingdom will come right here, right now, that we will experience God's kingdom, and with God's kingdom comes that transformation. We're invited into transformation. And so here's, here's the deal. We're, we, as followers of Christ, are to expect the kingdom of God. We're too expected. It doesn't say, God, if you aren't busy, bring your kingdom. It says, your kingdom come. Let it come right here, right now. And, and, and the truth is this, is we as followers of Christ are to expect that God's will is going to be done, that we're going to invite God to begin a, a work in us and through us. That that is what Jesus is saying. When Jesus says, hey, I want you to, to, have, to, to pray this way, pray, your kingdom come, your will be done, it's not a statement of, you know, maybe a little bit of work on me, maybe something that you could do in me. No, what God is saying is, uh, through Jesus at this moment, he's saying this, the kingdom of God opens the way for transformation. Transformation in us, and transformation into the world around us because we allow God to transform us from the inside out. The kingdom of God opens the way for transformation. When we pray, your kingdom come, we're saying, God, let, let your kingdom, which is in heaven, let it be right here, right now. Start with me. Let me be a, a, a faithful follower of Jesus Christ. Let me live into the promise that you have for me. Let me be the person that you want me to be so that I can be more like Jesus. 
And and the truth of all of this is that Christ is calling us to step into a reality of God's kingdom, and in so doing, through prayer and obedience, we become a catalyst for transformation. We become a way that transformation happens in the world in and through us. Because in all actuality, Christ's kingdom has come, not in its fullness. It's not, we, don't, we have not experienced Christ's return, and so we don't live in, in our perfected bodies, and we're not, uh, we're not done here yet. Uh, but what we experience is that we can build God's kingdom because Jesus has ushered in the kingdom of heaven right here on earth, and it has started 2,000 years ago in Jerusalem with his life, death, and resurrection. And the resurrection that we receive is our entering into the kingdom of God. That it's, it's about what happens in and through us. That God has invited us into his kingdom life now. And it's that statement of expectation. And here's, here's the deal. When we enter into that relationship, when we say, God, come and, and transform me from the inside out. Make me more like Jesus. Uh, one of the things that happens is we start to see Jesus says, hey, uh, if you love me, you'll obey the things that I said. You'll live the way that I want you to. If you love me, you will allow that transformation to take root in you. And what does that look like? That looks like obedience because obedience is how God's transformation takes root in us. Obedience is how God's transformative power, the work of God's kingdom in us, takes root and and holds on to us. And it's through that prayer, through obedience, through following who Jesus is, that everything can be changed in our life. That we can experience who God is in a brand new way because we are living into the promise of God's kingdom. This is this is what Jesus is saying. Come, know that God is as close as a father, that God wants to hear from you. He wants to wrap you up in his arms and hear about your day and and your struggles and and the joys that you have had and and the delights that you have seen in his creation. And, and, And that he is holy, so he is able to overcome the brokenness in the world around you. He is able to provide joy and and promise even when you're walking through the darkest times of your life. And that's in that space of recognizing who God is as Father and the power that God has as Holy One. And and it's in that space that we can seek God's kingdom in our lives and the building of God's kingdom in the world around us. God's kingdom building activity it uses us as the church. It's, it's not just to change a situation. So when we go to prayer, uh, go to God in prayer, it's not just to change a situation outside of us. It's, it's to change us so that we can more fully reflect who God is and what God wants from us and how we can help build God's kingdom right here and right now. So really we're saying, God, thank you for for being with us. Thank you for drawing close to us and, and help transform me so that I can help transform the world around me. This is the hope 
we have in this prayer. And, and we were only hit week one uh, of, of this conversation. And so I, I want to invite you to come back for the next three weeks because we're going to continue this deep look. But here, here's the truth. If God calls us to an intimate conversation, prayer should be something that, that takes root in us, that helps us to be open about our faith, that we can pray for one another out loud in public, not so that others notice because it's what God desires for us to have that conversation, that it's, it's important. And so if you feel like, oh, I can't pray in public, I want to ask you this, is it because you're concerned with what other people think? Because if that's the case, then Jesus is saying you're doing it wrong. Prayer is about that intimate conversation, recognizing that God wants to do a work in you and through you, and submitting who we are to the King of Kings. Let us do all of these things in the name of Jesus. Amen? Amen. Let's pray. Gracious and almighty God, we give you thanks for the gift you give us in Jesus Christ and the hope that we have in him. Help us to learn to pray. Help us to pray boldly in the name of Jesus because you desire to draw near to us as, as a father desires to hear from his children. And help us to recognize that you can make a difference because you are the creator of heaven and earth and have done all things. And help us, Father, by the power and presence of your Holy Spirit to engage your kingdom right here, right now, to allow it to transform us from the inside out so that we can be a catalyst for transformation in your world. Help us to make a difference on behalf of Jesus, to love well the world around us and to be the hands and feet that you so desperately desire for us to be. Father, if there is someone out there today that hears this message, and, and this is speaking to them, and, and it's, it's moving them to make a decision. God, I just pray that you would pour your spirit out uh, in this moment on this person, because we know what it is to live in relationship with you, and I know what it is to live in relationship outside, and it is so much better to live in the hope and trust that you offer to each and every one of us. And so be with them and help them to take that step across the line of faith. And if that's you, I just pray that you would surrender who you are to Jesus because like a good father, he just longs to be in relationship with you and he wants to do a work through you and he has the ability to do that. So, so stop fighting and open your heart and your mind and receive the gift of Jesus Christ so that everything can be made new in and through you. We pray this together as the community of faith, as one voice in unity with the Holy Spirit and with your church. We pray this in the name of Jesus and all of us agreed and said, amen.